Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a farmer in southeast Manitoba and find out how the crops are progressing. Also, Justine Cornelson with Brett Young will join us to give us an update on the province's canola crop. And up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research on this week's Stats Canada Crop Production Estimate. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Statistics Canada released its crop production estimate this week. Reporter Scott Bolton caught up with Jonathan Drieger, Vice President of Leftfield Commodity Research. I think the numbers, by and large, not overly surprising, I think, relative to, to trade estimates uh, coming in. So so in that sense, it wasn't a particularly surprising report. But but certainly, you know, what, what came out and in, in what uh, I think is largely expected is, is that you know, certainly relative to last year anyway, you know, we, we have a have a crop in Western Canada that's uh, that's a lot more closer to, uh, to to average at least the way it looks uh, the way it looks today. So do you think some of that's kind of still affected by the drought last year or Well, I think maybe less so than the drought last year, but but I think there's a couple things in and so you know certainly how we say it the, a couple things to keep in mind. First of all, the the Statistics Canada report was sort of based on on crop modeling uh, as of the end of July. So uh, you know, so it's it's kind of you know based on 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 conditions you know about a, about a month ago, uh, which you know gives a little bit of an indication of what crops might might look like. But but there's a few things, and and one is uh, you know I, I think maybe less so than the drought last year. I, I think there's kind of uh, I would say maybe so the, the spring was very challenging for a lot of farmers in Western Canada, and and so you know a good chunk of of the western half of the prairies was extremely dry this spring. Uh, it carried over, I guess, you know, from from last fall, and then kind of a good portion of the eastern prairies was extremely wet, and uh, and and crops you know, delayed getting in and, and delayed in development, and so, you know, in some ways, I, I think as we look at let's call it a somewhat average-ish type of, of yield outlook for uh, for the season currently, I, I think in some ways uh, uh, a model-based uh, uh, production estimate like StatsCan had is sort of you know kind of has some of these unusual circumstances in the spring that maybe need to be taken into account a little bit as well. So, uh, you know, maybe still some, some question marks about what the final outcome will be. For a lot of those different figures, they're around 40, 50%, but for corn and soybeans, I believe they're both still in the single digit percentages. Is that a problem at all? Or is that kind of looking all right in those sectors? No, you know the thing with corn and soybeans is is that production is is uh, very heavily concentrated in eastern Canada, and so whereas as us in 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 the prairies here last year just had a quite frankly a wreck. Uh, actually, conditions in Ontario and eastern Canada were were quite good last year, so those crops didn't have uh, have the, the sharp drop in production the way we did last year in wheat and canola and, and pulses and so forth. And so, you know, so if we look at Say some you know similarly uh, uh, good conditions by and large in eastern Canada this year. Uh, well, the the year over year comparison is is uh, from a much higher level last year, so that lends itself to a, a, a very small increase maybe in production. Uh, but you know again, that's uh, in western Canada. You look at, at, at how poor things were last year. It's uh, you know that's that's where you get uh, increases of you know thirty or forty or fifty percent in a lot of crops. Barring any extreme weather kind of over the next couple months, do you think this is something that people can base estimates on uh, going into kind of the fall harvest season? 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, and I think you sort of hit the nail on the head that, uh, you know, depending on, on weather here going forward, uh, you know, there's a couple things. One is is we did have some parts of Western Canada that were quite dry through the month of August, so it's, it's possible that uh, that maybe some crops have a, have a bit of a downward revision by the time it finally comes off. But, but probably the biggest, uh, uh, maybe the biggest wild card is the fact that there is, there is a, a parts of Western Canada where, the, where crop development is very delayed. And so there is some risk of, of for example, frost damage uh, if we, we suddenly get some, some real cold overnights and the crop's not fully mature. Uh, how does that impact, you know, maybe harvesting and those sorts of things? And so, you know, I, I think if we have a favorable, warm, open fall, you know, then I think some of these estimates are, are maybe not too far off of where we may land. But, but I think there's still some question marks, uh, and, and again, maybe more so on kind of the, the northern part of the prairies and, and the eastern parts. Uh, if, if we have some challenging weather here in fall, there, there could definitely be some downside to these production estimates. Uh, but again, you know, if we have, have good, open, favorable weather here going forward, then, then this is not an unreasonable expectation. So, so that's a bit of a wild card that has yet to play out and, and uh, a bit of an unknown where we sit today. That was John Drieger. He's the vice president of Luffield Commodity Research, chatting with reporter Scott Bolton about this week's Stat Canada crop production estimate. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says harvest progress hits at 3% complete across the province, well behind the five-year average of 39% done by week 35. A combination of delayed seeding and high humidity and frequent rains that have slowed crop drydown. Crop condition looks good to very good in most parts of the province. Field pea harvest made good progress this past week, while the bulk of the crop has been desiccated. Yield averages are close to 60 bushels per acre. Spring wheat harvest is expected to become widespread later this week as crops dry down and weather forecasts remain warm and sunny. Lodge crops have disrupted smooth harvest operations in peas and some cereals so far. Heavy rains and wind in the previous two weeks have resulted in lodge crops and increased losses at the cutter bar. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers is giving an update on the province's soybean crop. Here's production specialist Jennifer McComb-Taru. For soybeans, we are at the R5 to R6 staging. So where seeds are continuing to fill in the uppermost pods, with some having full seed. Soybean aphids continue to be present in fields at varying thresholds. So if your soybeans are at R6, the full seed stage, research has shown yield loss from aphids to be minimal. So, But if you're not at R6, continue to monitor for soybean aphids. As well, those aphid predators. Rain can also reduce populations. So if you did receive some recently, this can also help. Canada's weed hunters are setting their sights on natural alternatives to herbicides. Dr. Andrew McKenzie Gopsil is a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada at the Charlottetown Research and Development Centre. So we're um, evaluating uh, abrasive weed management or projectile weed management. It goes by a, a couple of different terms. And it's really exactly as it sounds like we're, we're shooting a material directly at our weeds to try and try and control them. So we're using this is essentially just commercial sandblasters and passing different types of grit and evaluating um, control of several priority species and a couple of different high value crops across Canada. Mackenzie Gopsel says they're evaluating walnut shells and corn grit. He notes there is minor crop damage that can occur during the process. The technique was first developed by University of Nebraska researchers for weeds affecting corn crops. And Stats Canada is reporting that farm cash receipts for Canadian farmers totaled $43.9 billion in the first half of 2022. That's up $5.6 billion from the same period last year. 
Program payments, livestock receipts, and crop receipts all increased from the same period a year earlier. During the first half of this year, program payments rose $2.8 billion to $4.3 billion, largely as a result of increases in crop insurance. Livestock receipts rose 13.6% to $16.2 billion in the first half of 2022, as most of the commodities brought in higher receipts. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, August 31st. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get an update on Manitoba's canola crop. Canola harvest is just getting underway across the prairies. We got an update on the Manitoba crop from Justine Cornelson with Brett Young. Seems like this week everyone brought the slother out, um, just traveling around the province a little bit and yeah, things are they're coming down. I actually saw or come across a few fields that were ready to be uh, straight cut already and, and growers were in there. So things are moving and, and this heat this week or into the next two weeks should really help progress things. Um, I, I think a lot of acres are going to end up being swathed just based on how late seeding was within the province, um, but then also crop variability. So dropping it down in the swath kind of allows that everything to mature and um, it's just an easier way to kind of keep a control on it and I think to help split up the, the harvest season, um, right? You know, a lot of those fall cereals have come off already. Um, and then a bulk bulk of our crops are all going to be kind of done around the same time this year. So putting a few things down in the swath just kind of helps push it in the right direction. Talk a bit more about, uh, you know, what farmers should be looking for that uh, 60% seed color change. Yeah, yeah. So that that is, um, you know, kind of the earliest you want to go in or Optimal timing to go in for swathing. Um, last year, Canola Council did a grower survey and found that a lot, a lot of growers are still going too early. Um, and what happens when you go early is you're not locking in a bunch of that yield. You're leaving a bunch of it out there in the field because those plants will never reach full maturity. Um, so waiting to that 60% seed color change is so extremely important. Um, and, and how you do that is looking at seed color change, typically where bulk of your yield is. Depending on the year, that changes, but usually that's on your main stem of the plant. You open up pods there. Um, they should be brown and firm, um, solid at that point. As you move up the plant, kind of that middle range, there's a bunch of change occurred. So you're going to have green and brown seeds. And then at the top of the plant, um, you'll have green seeds, but they are firm. So they're no longer able to be crushed within your hand. Um, so like I said, that's so extremely important to go through that and, and really assess your entire field as a whole and where that average crop stage is at. And, you know, from what you've been seeing out in the field, how is the canola crop looking? You know, really good. Um, it's been kind of a, a great summer for it once it did get into the ground, right? We, we were warm, but not above and beyond and really hot like we were last summer. And we had lots of, 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 of moisture um, and then cool overnight lows. So there wasn't many nights where we had that really elevated extremes like in comparison to last year. Um, so perfect conditions for canola, right? It is a cooler climate crop. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the combine starts to report. Um, but some of the early, uh, yield reports coming out of, you know, kind of Winkler, Carmen area puts the crop around that 50 bushels, give or take. And, and I think out towards the Southeast, we're seeing in that kind of 40 to 50 range. So, um, it's projected that a bunch of these later crops will have kind of a higher yield potential. So only time will tell. Any, um, insect issues here at this point or... You know, there's been a few, um, well, there's, there's always late season flea beetles. Um, they're there. They're typically feeding on anything that's left green. So you will see them up eating on those greener, um, immature pods. 
Um, but like that, they're not typically a pest of concern right now. Um, up into the Swan River Valley area, into that northwest, we are seeing um, quite a bit of, of ligus again. And so there are a few fields that have um, been sprayed, uh, mainly because they've hit that economic threshold. So it's important to get out there while, while assessing your seed color change and see what's going on. Um, also a really great time to do your disease survey <laughs> as we're waiting. Um, as you're out there checking uh, seed color change and then out there even swathing, go and pull a few plants and assess, uh, assess for damage. Um, you know, high moisture year is really good for our fungal pathogens. Uh, so something like sclerotinia, blackleg, um, you're going to likely see a, a bunch of that this year just based on, on weather alone. Talk a little bit about desiccation and what farmers should uh, uh, pay attention to there. Yeah, you know what, we're going to see some of that, like you said, coming back to just variability in crop maturity. Um, With desiccation, there's different products for different times and kind of different end goals. Um, So that's something to really know the product and what you're going with. If you're going something with a Reglone iron, right, that's applied when the the crop is really mature and it's just going to finish it down that much quicker. Um, So that's a product to use kind of later on. Um, if you're going in a little bit typically earlier with a, like a glyphosate um, or something like a heat, you know, you're, you're going to have to do that a little bit earlier and it takes some time. It takes, you know, a week or two weeks for that crop to slowly dry down. It's not as quick as the, the regular ion. So, um, this, like I said, it's managing weeds um, this year, the, the weeds also did really well in um, the, the wet conditions. So, like I said, if you're going in there, you're likely trying to knock down um, some specific weed species. So, look at your products that you're applying and make sure that's actually coverage on it. Um, something like your heat products right there, they work on only broadleaves. So, right, if you're trying to control some other grassy species, you're going to have to add in your, your glyphosate or something else in there um, to dry the crop down. Of course, with any um, desiccation, um, check the pre-harvest intervals, right? How long before you can actually go in there and then harvest the crop. That was Justine Cornelson with Brett Young giving us an update on Manitoba's canola crop. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Reunion Days at the Pemina Thresherman's Museum takes place September 2nd and 3rd. The museum is located between Winkler and Morden along Highway Number 3. Fall on the Farm takes place September 5th at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach. The Cultivate Sustainability Conference and Trade Show is planned for September 7th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. You can register at foodbeveragesmb.ca. And looking ahead, the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting its fifth annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon. Reporter Shannon Duick chatted with Randolph area farmer Lyle Peters on Monday about this year's harvest. At that time, Lyle had yet to start with the harvest. Have you heard any early yields or are the neighbors talking about what the crops look like this year? I haven't heard anything from the neighbors yet. Um, it looks like the wheat is pretty good. I think uh, we're hoping that we're hoping to have very good, yeah, very good yields on some of the earlier crops. Yes. What about some of those longer season crops? It looks like the longer season crops are also quite good. They they were able to use some of the some of the moisture that we got. The only 
issue will be some of the areas that got drowned out from all of the large rains. Uh, where, but where it didn't drown, it looks like they're very good. When do you think uh, harvest might then begin for you guys? I think we're hoping to start now on Wednesday if we can get some sunshine. So then potentially August 31st. How does that compare to other years for your, for your farm there? This is very late. Um, I don't believe that we have records of a year where we haven't done any combining in August, and that is still very possible now as we, as we look through the numbers. Usually by now we would be done the wheat and have a good chunk of the canola combined. Is that a concern at all? Yes, it's a concern. The concern is that you still only have so many days before, before it could snow. And when you start on the 5th or 10th of August, then you have that many more days before the sort of the first chance of snow. So, yes, and yes, the technology and machinery capacity is very good. So we have the ability to get lots done if we get, uh, you know, a bunch of nice days in a row. But the concern is, you know, a rain like today where you lose, where you lose some time. And how many days like that will we have between now, let's say, and Halloween? How many weeks does harvest last for your farm? Uh, that depends. Uh, yeah, it depends obviously so much on the weather. Um, we need probably about 10 days for each of the four major crops. So, uh, yeah, we need 10 nice days, let's say, for wheat and then 10 nice days for the canola and then, and then we'd be into the later crops. Ideal weather for the next number of weeks would be, uh, would be dry and, uh, and, and stay above freezing, hey? Yes. Sunshine and dry and no frost would be the three things that we would ask for now, yes. Very good. Anything we missed? Anything else you'd hope to say, Lyle? The crops are going to be pretty good, and all of our fields have areas of zero. So, you know, is it 5% that's zero or is it 25% that's zero? And that's always a little harder to tell until you're actually in there. And so I think where it's good, it's pretty good. But then, you know, if you all of a sudden have, you know, say 15% that does zero, you know, now you're already only at 85% of your, you know, yield potential, let's say. That was Randolph area farmer Lyle Peters chatting with reporter Shannon Duick. The two caught up on Monday. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers is giving an update on the province's field pea crop. Here's production specialist Jennifer McComb-Taru. So in terms of field peas, you know, the wide range of seeding dates, soil types and drainage, we are seeing variability in staging and harvest timing. Some peas are at full maturity and desiccation and harvest is underway in parts of the province. But some peas are still at R5, the beginning maturity stages. Many fields, we are seeing areas of the field with better drainage maturing faster than lower areas, which are holding on and staying green for longer. These sunny, warm days ahead will help maturity progress, with growers considering desiccation options and harvest. Researchers at Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada are evaluating a technique called abrasive or projectile weed control. Using a sandblaster, the research team shot natural materials like corn grit, corn gluten meal, and walnut shells directly at weeds. Dr. Andrew McKenzie Gobsell is a research scientist at the Charlottetown Research and Development Centre. We're evaluating two main materials. The first one is a walnut shell. So just, just ground up walnut shells, and we're looking at two different grit sizes of that, as well as corn grit, which is just corn cobs, again, ground up, and, and again, looking at two different sizes there. And we're evaluating these on a control of a couple of different priority species in potato, highbush blueberry, in vineyards, as well as in beans. He notes there is minor crop damage that can occur during the process. The technique was first developed by University of Nebraska researchers for weeds affecting corn crops. 
And Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo has announced an initial list of designated regions in Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba where livestock tax deferral has been authorized for 2022 due to extreme weather conditions. The livestock tax deferral provision allows livestock producers who are forced to sell a significant amount of their breeding herd due to drought or flooding to defer a portion of their income from sales until the following tax year. The income may be at least partially offset by the cost of reacquiring breeding animals, thereby reducing the potential tax burden associated with the original sale. Eligible regions have been identified based on weather, climate and production data in consultation with industry and provinces. The criteria for identifying regions for livestock tax deferral includes forage shortfalls of 50% or more caused by drought or excess moisture. The Government of Canada will continue to monitor conditions across the country to determine whether the addition of other regions throughout the year are required. For a full list of affected regions, visit the Government of Canada website. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the province's cereal crops. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.